Welcome to the Awakening Podcast Network. Get ready for an inspiring audio from this cutting-edge voice. You can find more podcasts at awakeningpodcasts.com. You want to go deeper? Get equipped to overcome and walk in God's purpose for your life at Awakening House of Prayer's online campus. You'll experience an online family, preaching, teaching, and prophetic impartation for victorious living. We have over a thousand members online hungry for what God is saying and doing in the earth. Visit ahop.online today and join our family. AHOP TV empowers believers with spirit-inspired messages and strategic equipping that accelerates your spiritual growth. You can subscribe to stream weekly content from Awakening House of Prayer, conferences, and other exclusive content to stir your hunger and encourage your heart. Visit us online at ahop.tv. It's going to be explosive. Get your heart ready right now. Let's welcome Dr. Cindy Trim. Hallelujah. I'm so excited about our series that we are teaching on the DNA of destiny. And we want to talk to you tonight about the power of decisions. Because a lot of times we are have our life in neutral and we, we don't recognize that our decision is altering our destiny. Every time you make a decision, something is altered in your future. So you want to make sure that your life is taken out of neutral. You shift it into gear and you begin to recognize how powerful a single decision is not only in your life, but in the life of humanity. And so let's go with me to the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verse 24 to 27. I love the book of Hebrews. It's, it's a book about history makers, people that not only made history, but shaped history. And the Bible talks about Moses in this particular text. It says in verse number 24, by faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. It was a decision that he made. He could have made really the decision to be called Pharaoh's daughter, but he refused to. So this decision altered his destiny and it altered it permanently, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Now, you cannot make a decision if there's no options. And so the first thing you have to understand that we always have options. You can choose to live or you could choose to die. You could choose to sin or you could choose to live righteously. You could choose where you live or where you're not going to live. You could choose who you're going to marry or who you're not going to marry. You could choose to sit on a green couch or an orange couch. You live in a world that is characterized by decisions. It, 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 this domain called the earth that we live in is where human beings have the right to choose good or evil, blessing or cursing, success or failure, life or death. You are never a victim of circumstance. And this is the one seduction that the enemy wants us to believe that we don't have a choice. Every single day you awaken to a world of unlimited possibilities and potentialities. And the moment you make a decision, all of those other options collapse and then that one decision brings to you by way of an experience an encounter or an opportunity it brings that to you as a result of the decisions that you make it's a law of cause and effect everything that is happening to you it is because you have caused it to happen and you've got to be begin to understand that you are never at a point in your life where you don't have a choice. And listen to me carefully. If you decide that you're not going to choose, it's still a choice not to choose. So you are making a decision. Every morning you awaken, you awaken to a world of unlimited possibilities. The moment you make a decision, every other alternative possibility collapses and life brings to you the reality of that one decision in the form of an experience, an encounter, or an opportunity. You've got to then decide. 
decide how you're going to respond to those realities. Failure to make a decision is a decision not to make a decision, and it is a decision in and of itself. That means that you are never um, a, a victim or held captive in a prisoner of your life. If you do not like where you are, make a decision to be somewhere else. But you've got to decide where that somewhere else is. Where is that somewhere else emotionally, professionally, spiritually? Where is that somewhere else? If you do not like what you have, make a decision to have something else. If you do not do not like the way your life is, make a decision to live the life of your dreams. You are always only one decision away from living the life of your dreams. One of the things that Anthony Robbins says, and I quote, he said, more than anything else, I believe it's our decisions, not the conditions of our lives that determine our destiny. It is, it is in your moments of decisions that your destiny is shaped. So what we want to do is to help you to shift your life into um the realm that is in alignment with God's original plan and purpose for your life and is based on decisions. Isaiah 1 19 says, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat off the good of the land. And this is the last day that you're going to eat leftovers. Amen. You're going to eat of the good of the land. You're going to drive the best, wear the best, go to the best schools. You're going to work in the best jobs. This is the last day for Christians to work in the worst job in the industry. You're going to work on the best jobs. I decree and declare this is the season where you're going to begin to eat of the good of the land. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, even as we begin to excavate the whole topic of destiny. Destiny is, ter- is tied to the decisions that we make and we pray tonight that we will, uh, you will move us in a position where we have the skills, the ability, the wisdom to make the right decisions so that our lives are in, in, in total sync with your original plan and purpose. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, let's go to Deuteronomy 30, verse 15 to 20. I want to read it in the New American Standard Bible. Amen. You might be reading from the message or the King James Version or the New King James Version. But just for this task, this particular text, I want to be able to read from the New American Standard. It says, see, I have set before you today... Life and prosperity, death and adversity. My God, I've set before you. In other words, you make the decision. Are you going to choose life and prosperity or death and adversity? I'm going to present you that same question. Are you going to choose life and prosperity or death and adversity? Which one? Life and prosperity. Okay. So God is presenting to us these options. And he said, look, I'm presenting you the option. You were never a victim of circumstance. You were never locked into a status. You may have been born in a particular status, but you don't have to die there. I was born in abject poverty. And when I found out through the word of God that I can make a decision to choose life and to choose prosperity or death and adversity, I was already living in adversity. And so when I found out I could make a decision to choose life, life and choose prosperity. Guess what I chose? I chose to live. My days of dying are over. Jesus came that we may have life and have it more abundantly living in the abundant life. You're going to have abundant friendships. You're going to have abundant resources. You're going to have abundant opportunities. I'm going to say it again. He came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. You could choose to stay like you are or choose the life that God provided for you. I choose abundant. I decree your days of living in lack are over and your days of more than enough. And you're going to have more than enough because you have a lot 
to do in this world. We've got to help those that are less fortunate than us. We've got to be able to build homes for the homeless. We've got to be able to feed the hungry. And you cannot do it if you yourself are hungry. If you yourself are homeless. Your days of hunger and homelessness and begging are over. You are going to be the hands the world needs. You are going to be the mouth the world needs. You're going to be the heart the world needs. And the world needs hope. And I believe this is a season that the church is going to be used by God to bring some solution to the table. If you're a doctor, I'm believing that God is going to give you the solution for healing cancer and HIV and high blood pressure and diabetes. If you are an educator, I'm believing that God is going to give you a new educational model that will refurbish our entire educational system. If you are a scientist, I'm believing that God is going to give you a breakthrough formula that is going to adjust and address our world's problems. If you are a technologist, whatever industry you are in, I decree that God is going to give you an abundance of wisdom so that you can be the head and not the tail and make the changes your industry needs. If you believe it, shall I believe you. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I set before you today life and prosperity, death and adversity, in that I commend you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgment, that you may live and multiply, and that the Lord your God may bless you in the land where you are, are entered to possess it. But if your heart turns away and you will not obey, but are drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you shall surely perish. You shall not prolong your days in the land where you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess it. I call heaven and earth to witness against you this day that I have set before you life and death, the blessing and the curse. So choose life in order that you may live I choose to live. I choose life. I shall not die, but I shall live. And the choice is yours. You should not be surviving. Your days of surviving are over and your days of thriving are here. You and your descendants, this is not just for you, but your children and your grandchildren. You're going to live and you're going to live a dynamic, vibrant, prosperous, successful life. By loving the Lord your God, by obeying his voice, and by holding fast to him. For this is your life and the length of your days that you may live in the land which the Lord swear to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to give them. Now, let's just break this down for a moment. God is giving us a choice and you live in a world that is a domain driven by decisions. All human progress is driven by decisions. All human stagnation is driven by decision. Love is driven by decision. Hatred is driven by decision. Competition is driven by decision. Cooperation is driven by decision. All of that is driven by decision. And so someone has to make a decision, but God is going to give us a motivator that will help us to make the right decisions in obedience to the word of God. There should be no believer that, that second guesses that the value of obeying God. So let's turn to Deuteronomy chapter 28 verses one to the very end and verse one to 14 and then verse 15 to the very end. So one to 14 gives us the blessing and then 15 to the very end of Deuteronomy gives us the curse. So that means every day you've got to weigh your options. Am I going to be obedient to God or am I going to allow the world to seduce me into a place where I'm disobedient to the word of God? And I'm praying that once you walk out of here, you will be, you will be adamant 
about serving God and being obedient to his word, no matter what the inconvenience. Now, I'm going to share this with you. Uh, The wages of sin is death. So can a Christian sin? Absolutely. But why don't we sin? It's because of the consequences. So why do we want to obey God? Because of the consequence. So the Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 28, uh, verse number one, and if you could go there with me, please. Deuteronomy 28, verse number one. Deuteronomy 28, verse number one. And, and every day God is going to present to you these options and you have to choose. Am I going to obey God? Or am I going to be uh, following the world? Um, And today, even Christians believe that the Bible is old fashioned. So we come to church, but we do our own thing. I believe that God is raising the standard. I'm a Christian because I fully embrace the Bible, the word of God. I love the word of God. And I've been living this, this way since I was 17 years old. And, and, and I don't want to compromise because of the benefits of obedience, being obedient to God. Deuteronomy 28, the Bible said it shall come to pass if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe and to do all his commandments, which I commend thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth and all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Let me ask you a question. How many of you want to be blessed? How many of you want all the blessings? Okay. So the Bible said, if you obey God, You're not going to have to pray for the blessings. The natural outcome of an act of obedience is to be blessed. That's number one. So then you've got a choice. You're either going to be obedient or you're not going to obey. So let's look at verse number 15. Verse number 15 of Deuteronomy 28. The scripture says, but it shall come to pass if thou will not hearken unto the voice of our Lord thy God to observe all, to do all his commandments and his statutes, which I commend thee this day, that all these curses shall come upon you and overtake thee. All right, so let's settle once and for all and give you a definition of a blessing. A blessing is the natural outcome of an act of obedience to God. A curse is the opposite. A curse is the natural outcome to an act of disobedience to the voice of God, the statue of God, the law of God. That means that you have to choose every single day whether you're going to obey God or whether you're going to disobey. Now, a curse is not coming upon you because some witch or warlock is sitting with their a black head on top of their head with a black cauldron saying bubble bubble toil and trouble. You know, you've been watching too much cartoons. If you are a believe if you are a believer, God said that your actions have a corresponding outcome. So before you get the outcome You've got to decide what you want to come out of an action that you take. What do you want to come out of? And a lot of times we go for immediate gratification. So let's just see if we could break down Deuteronomy chapter 28. I know a lot of people only go to verse number 14, but verse 15 and beyond. And if you've noticed, (laughs) verse number one, to 14, that's short. But verse number 15 goes all the way. Can you, can you see how many curses there is? And it just keeps going and going and going. Like this is a seriously long chapter from verse number, listen to this, from verse number 15 to 68. So which one are you going to choose? 1 to 14 or 15 to 68? I'm going to take the 1 to 14, honey. So let's look at 1 to 14, and then let's see if we can extrapolate uh, the blessings that God is going to give you because you of acts of obedience as opposed to acts of disobedience. And then 
we're going to pray. We're going to pray that God will give you the ability to make the right decisions based on the word of God and that you will not compromise your future for immediate gratification by walking in misalignment with the word of God. Deuteronomy 28. And let's read out loud today. And it shall come to pass if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord to observe and to do all his commandments, which I commend thee this day, that the Lord God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. Now, this is important. That means your blessings are voice activated. So God has been in technology. Now we have voice activated. How many of you know Alexis? Alexis, play this. Alexis, your blessings are voice activated and God voice activated it long before there was an Alexis, long before technological advancement. And so the Bible says that it's based on a choice that you are making and this operates by the law of consequence. So the law of consequence automatically activates. It has three different aspects. Number one, the law of cause and effect. Number two, the law of reaping and sowing. Number three, the law of seed time and harvest. So the law of consequence, overarching law, and these are spiritual laws, they operate in, in three aspects, cause and effect, reaping and sowing, seed time and harvest. So that means that if something is going on in your life, there was a cause. If something goes on in your life, some seed was sown. If something is going on in your life, there was seed time and now is harvest. So that means that you've got to be conscious about what's going on because we have short term memories. So some of the things that we did when we were 15, it's possible that the harvest may come when we're 50. So most of us are not going to associate what's going on in our lives at 50 with something that we did and said at 15. You cannot go back to have a new beginning, but you can start now to have a new ending. And you're going to start now with being conscious of the law of consequence. That there is going to be a consequence for everything that you say, everything that you do. And I'll give you an example. When I was young, I was in ministry. I started preaching at the age of 18. And a lot of the missionaries and the older ladies, they were real old and they looked mean. And, you know, they were deep, but they were mean with it. And I was young and I said to myself, I, I don't want to be old like that. I don't want to look like that. Are you with me? Because to me, they were like the preachers were all like, you know, and I thought in my young mind, I'm only 18 and I thought, honestly, when I was 18, I thought 40 was old. All, all young people think 40 is old, right? So I said out of ignorance, listen to the law of consequence now. I said out of ignorance, I don't want to be old. I think I want to die when I'm 40. And so I go on about my business, about my business. I turn 37. And all of a sudden I would eat and at night I would have pains in my chest, deep pains in my chest. And I would cry at night because the pain was so great. So I went to the doctor. The doctor said, you have a hernia hernia. We're going to have to operate. And I'm thinking, I'm young. I'm only 30 something years old. I, I, I don't want anybody operating in my life on my chest. The Holy Spirit brought back to remembrance a word that I spoke over my life in ignorance. Words have power, presence, prophetic implication, no time, no space, no geographical limitations. Your body receives everything you say as an instruction, not a colloquial expression. When you say this is to die for, guess what? You are instructing your body to die for it. There was a man that had a daughter and, and he was very wealthy and he tried all the daughters in the United States of America, all the doctors in the United States of America to heal his daughter. And so she got sicker and sicker. And one day he sitting in the hospital room said, I would give my arm and leg for you to be healthy. A couple of days later, he gets this call and, and said, we found a specialist, this one specialist. You should take your daughter to this one specialist. He specializes in your daughter's condition. 
took his daughter. They operated on her. Her health turns back. She has 100% health. He's going to pick up his daughter from the hospital because they were releasing him. On the way, he has this accident. And guess what happened? He lost his arm and his leg. The universe works by instructions. Things that we think, things that we say have consequences. You gotta be careful how you're speaking over your life, how you're speaking over your body, how you're speaking over your children, how you're speaking over your money. I learned that. I learned not to say I can't afford because then I never could afford. I learned not to say I can't afford that. I don't have the money. I learned how to speak over my finances. I learned that everything that I say and do, sow to the wind, reap a whirlwind. Put your hand in front of your mouth and say, sow to the wind, reap a whirlwind. You feel that breath? That's only going out. But God said, it's going to come back to you in gale force. It's going to be so forceful. You're creating hurricanes in your own life. And I'd rather a hurricane and a tsunami of blessings come and hit the shore of your faith than a tsunami of curses because of ignorance. And so I said that, and I'm sitting up with chest pain, and the Holy Spirit brought back to my remembrance. Cindy, when you were young, you said you wanted to die at 40, and your body took you serious. And so I had to reverse that. And I had to say, I shall not die, I shall live. And I reversed every spoken word over my life that I said in ignorance that was contrary to the will of God for my life. I pluck it up, it shall not stand, it shall not come to pass. I went back to the doctor, they didn't have to operate, and I don't have a hernia hernia today. Are you getting this, the law of consequence? Could things be the way they are because you are the way you are? What one thing can you change that can change everything? It could change your destiny. You could change the way you speak about your life and think about your life. Let's start there. All aspects of your life, you could change it. And it means that you're going to have to fight the enemy every day. Because if it's not in alignment with the will of God and the word of God, you want to inject it. If he injects it, you've got to reject it. And so uh, the second thing was, uh, run about my 40th, in my 40th year, somewhere thereabout. Then I was, was, was diagnosed again, and it was the strangest thing. My blood, my blood count dropped. And I had to go back to find out, okay, where was the root? And I remember saying to someone, you make me sick. And guess what happened? I got sick. And there was no reason. So I had to go back. I was sitting on my bed and the Lord showed me. And so I had to reverse that word. And when I went back to the doctor, my blood count, my blood count had dropped to five. The platelets or whatever it is dropped to five. And then when I went back, it was back up to 13. And so it's interesting because a lot of times we don't think about cause and effect. We just think about what the devil is doing. Medea said, I could do bad all by myself. And we're, we're, we're doing bad all by ourselves, right? <laughs> the things that we're saying, the things that we're doing, or the things that we're not doing. But the Bible said that God, if your obedience, the Lord God, will set you on high above all nations. That means that God is going to give you the competitive advantage. Verse number two said, and all these blessings shall come upon thee and overtake thee if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. It means that you're not going to have to pray for blessings. You're going to be a magnet that attracts it. That means everywhere you go, you're going to attract blessings. People are just going to bless you. They're going to bless you with houses. They're going to bless you with clothes. They're going to bless you with food. They're just going to bless you. And you're not even going to have to pray about it. You're just going to be, it's just going to be attracted to you. The Bible said, verse number three, blessed shalt thou be in the city. That means that if you work, 
in the metropolis, you're going to be blessed there in your workplace. Blessed shall thou be in the field. You're going to be blessed in the rural areas. So whether you live in the city or whether you live in the suburbs or whether you live in the rural, whether you work, whether your assignment is there. My assignment is in um, uh, with the unders- underserved. And so a part of my assignment is not just um, coaching and consulting with the billionaires and millionaires of this world and with the governments of this world that has resources. My assignment is also to go into the rural areas. But it's interesting. I went into the rural area to help the poor and underserved. And guess what? I met a multi-billionaire. So I was out there with the underserved, working with people that could never return, return the favor. God just so happened to have planted a multi-millionaire there who transferred some of his wealth into my bank account. Hallelujah. You, you, you don't turn your nose up to an assignment. God said, if I, ta- if I send you to the underserved, I'm going to bless you while you're there. Are you with me? Blessed shall the, the fruit of your body. That's your children. Your children are going to be blessed. And the fruit of, your, of thy ground. That means God is going to give you gold mines and diamond mines and oil and fossil fuel and precious metals. I was on an assignment the other day, and someone said, I want to introduce you to someone. They introduced me to that someone who said, I want to introduce you to someone else who introduced me to someone else. And the someone else wasn't too keen on Christians, but they happened to favor me. And in that introduction, they said, I want to do business with you. And as a result of doing business, I flew to Dubai. Then I flew to another country to cut a contract. And one of the contracts was a gold mine. Are you hearing me? You're going to be, he's going to bless the fruit of the ground. The fruit of the ground is gold and diamonds and oil and fossil fuel and precious metal. Whatever is in the ground, he's going to bless you with that. He said, I'm going to bless you the fruit of your cattle. That means meats and animal skins. And so when I, when I, when I want to eat fish, I don't buy fish at a, a fish farm. I import it from Bahamas. Are you, he's going to bless you with meat. When I want crab cake, I don't eat crab cake from Atlanta. Atlanta don't have crabs. And not, at least not the crabs that I eat. They may have crabs, but it ain't the, it ain't the crabs that I want. So where do I get my crab cakes from? Definitely not from uh, one of these stores here. I get that I was going to name the restaurant, but I decided not to. Are you with me? I was going to say Red Lobster, but I decided not to say Red Lobster. I said Red Lobster. I said I wasn't going to tell you that it was Red Lobster. So I'm not going to say Red Lobster. You are not going to seduce me into saying red lobster. (laughs) I know they want me to say red lobster, but I'm not saying red lobster. (laughs) But I just import it. They freeze dry it from Maryland because that's where you get the crabs from, right? He's going to bless your meat. It's going to bless your meat. The fruit of the cattle is animal skin. I know, you know, people pick it about wearing minks and furs and all of that. But I came from abject poverty. So every now and then a sister wants to wear a fur. Not, 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 not with the apple bottom jeans and the boots with the fur. Because everybody in the club would be looking at her. God don't want to drop it low because next thing you know, shorty is going to get low, 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 low. God don't want you to be low, 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 low. He wants you to raise the bar and get high, high, high. He's going to set you on high. We are not going to be dropping it low in the fire, in the club. 
If you want to look at me, you got to come to church and look at me. Can I get a show you're right? I'm anointed tonight. Glory to God. <laughs> the Bible said that he's going to increase. Uh, there's going to be the increase of your kind. So the kind is, is what you use to travel on, right? So we don't, we don't, we don't travel on oxes any longer and, and camels any longer. Are you with me? Unless you got a camel toe. But we don't travel that way anymore. Are you with me? Your kind is going to be your cars and airplanes that are used for travel. And he's going to bless your flocks, the flocks of your sheep. We don't have sheep, but sheep is translated wealth. Then he, verse number five, blessed shall thou be in thy basket and storehouse. That's your checking accounts and your savings accounts. Blessed shall thou be when thou cometh in. That's when, you, when, when thou cometh in, when you come in from work. And blessed when you go out. That means when you go out from work, it means that you're not going to leave stressful and you're not going to come in stressful. It means you're going to live stress-free. In in other words, you're not going to need a happy hour. Your whole life is going to be happy. What can you do with just one hour? Your days of needing a happy hour is over. Your whole life is going to be happy. 365. Every year. <laughs> he said, verse number six, blessed with you coming in and going out. Num- verse number seven, the Lord shall cause thy enemies that rise up against thee to be smitten before thy face. They shall come out against thee one way and flee before these seven different ways. In other words, God is going to give you success in spiritual warfare. Verse number eight, the Lord shall command the blessing upon thy storehouses. That's your investment. That's your stocks. That's your bonds. That's your mutual funds. That's your 401k. That's your property. If you invest in property, God is going to bless your investments. And then in all that thy set thy hand to do, that means that he's going to make you an entrepreneur. And any business that you start is going to be Wall Street friendly, globally scalable. He shall bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. That's real estate. In other words, you're going to have prime property. You're going to, your your home is going to be on prime property. You're going to buy near the beach. You're going to have waterfront property. You're going to be living on a golf course. I like that. The Lord shall establish thee a holy people unto himself as he has sworn unto you. If thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God and walk in his ways. That means you are going to be blessed with spiritual maturity. There are so many people that are, have been saved a thousand years and they're like babies in an incubator. You know, when the other babies are being birthed out and you've got new converts, it seems as if these people that have been saved a long time should be helping with the discipleship, but they still need to be discipled. So the babies are coming in that, that are getting saved and the people that have been saved 10, 15 years are still trying to get the attention of the pastor. And you know, you go to the, you know, the new delivery and the people are just getting saved and you put, you know, how you put the baby in the incubator, right? So you got these grown men and women in incubate, incubators. So you go to change the baby's diaper and you got to bring in a whole case of depends because they should be mature and the babies are quiet. And then all in the corner you hear, where's my Coke? Can you bring me a Coke nurse while you come in? They're spiritually immature. And you see them in church all the time. Like, you know, grown mothers of the church still crying and fighting with the teenagers. What are you crying for? Well, she talked about me. Well, she's only 13. That's what teenagers do. God is going to bless you with spiritual maturity. 
Just from acts of obedience, verse number 10, and all the people of the earth shall see that thou art called by the name of the Lord and they shall be afraid of thee. In other words, God is going to give you influence. He's going to give you celebrity status. He's going to give you notoriety and respect. This is just from being obedient to him. Verse number 11, and the Lord shall make thee plenteous in goods and the fruit of thy body and the fruit of the cattle and the fruit of thy ground and the land which the Lord swear unto thy fathers to give you. In other words, God is going to give you scandalous wealth. People are going to be gossiping. Did you hear what God did? Did you see the mansion they live in? I remember when she was a nobody. I remember too. I remember when she was catching the bus. I remember too. I remember when she couldn't even afford to shop in Walmart. I remember too. But look what God done did. Verse number 12, the Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure the heaven to give rain unto the land in his season. In other words, God's going to give you the ability for innovation. It's going to make you an innovator. And to bless all the works of your, work of your hand, thou shalt lend to many nations, shall not borrow. In other words, it's going to give you banks. And the Lord shall make thee the head and not the tail, and thou shalt be above only and shall not be beneath. If thou shalt hearken unto the commandments of the Lord thy God, which I commend thee this day to observe to do them. In other words, when he says, I'm going to make you the head and not the tail, first and not last, above only and not beneath, he's going to make you CFO, COO, CEO, president, owner, prime minister, governor, mayor, city council. You're going to be the grand poobah in your city. And thou shalt not go aside from any of these words which I commend thee this day to the right hand or to the left to go after any other gods, but the choice is yours. Every day you got to make a choice whether you're going to serve God, whether you're going to compromise your standards, whether you're going to do what everybody else has got. Everybody else is checking out without being married. And you're single. You're going to walk away. You're going to call up your boo and say, unless you put a ring on it, I love you. You love me, but I got to go because because it's an act of disobedience. Are you with me? So if it's an act of disobedience, I'm undermining the flow of the blessing. The blessing will flow from you, but not to you. In this season, I decree the blessing is flowing to you. And it's not something you have to pray about. As soon as you have an act of obedience, these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. Say amen. Amen. Now, conversely, let's examine the outcome of the results from poor decision making. You haven't thought about it. You're just making these decisions because it's convenient. Because everybody else is doing it. And you're a believer, you're a Christian. You want to be blessed. The Bible said, however, if you do not obey the Lord your God and do not carefully follow all of his commands and decrees, I am giving you today, all these curses shall come upon you and overtake you. So we know the curse is the natural outcome of acts or an act of disobedience. It works by the law of consequence, right? So verse number 14 Thou shalt not go aside from any of the words which I commend thee this day, to the right hand or to the left, to go after other gods to serve. So in other words, this is, this is not a suggestion, it's a strategy. He said, I'm going to give you life strategies. Don't, don't go after gods. Follow me, make me your god. Look at Jeremiah 44 verse 23, it says, Because you have burned incest and have sinned against the Lord, and have not obeyed him or followed his law or his decrees or his stipulation, this disaster has come upon you as you now see. So it wasn't the witches and the warlocks. He said, you made a decision not to obey God. So now these calamities are coming upon you. Verse number 15. But it shall come to pass if thou will hearken unto the voice of the Lord, if thou, if thou wilt not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe, to do all of his commandments and his statutes, which I commend thee this day, that all these curses shall come upon thee and overtake you. So 
It's your decision. Because a, a, a curse is the natural outcome of wrong decisions that we make that are contrary to the will of God. The Bible says, as, as, as Proverbs 26 and 2, as the bird by wandering and as the swallow, the scripture says, by flying, so the curse causeless shall not come. It's not going to come. Those outcomes will not come. So verse number 16, curse shall thou be in the city and curse shall thou be in the field. Now, this is important because we talked about living the blessed life. So here, we're not talking about these curses that are just coming upon you because you're a cursed light, because you're cursed. We know that you're blessed, but is acts of disobedience that is causing the consequence. You understand that, right? So curse shall thou be in the city and curse shall thou be in the field. You will have the worst jobs in your field, your discipline, and your profession. So instead of having the best jobs, you'll be working in the worst jobs. Verse number 17, curse shall thou be, curse shall be thy basket and storehouse. Are you still with me reading? That means that you, you're living in debt, your mortgages and your debts that cannot be paid. And if you made an investment, you lose your investment. That means you're going to be cash poor. You're going to be living hand to mouth. Curse shall be the food of your body. In other words, miscarriages, stillbirths, complications with pregnancy. And the fruit of the land, that means that wherever you live, there's going to be a devaluation of currencies, drought, reduction of the GDP, GNP. The increase of your kind and your flocks of your sheep, that means a curse will come upon the kind and the flocks. You, you, you're going to have transportation problems. If you have a car, your car is always going to be breaking down. You're going to have food problems. They're gonna, you're going to buy cars and then they're going to impound your car. You, you get in these crazy accidents that will just demolish everything that you, you have. Verse number 19, curse shall thou be when thou cometh in. In other words, when you come in your house, there's going to be contention. There's going to be lack in your house. There's going to be restlessness and sleeplessness. And, and curse shall thou be when thou goeth out. Life is going to be stressful for you. You're going to hate to go to work. You're going to hate to come back home. Verse number 20, the Lord shall send upon the, the cursing, vexation, rebuke, and all that thou set thy hands um, unto for to do until thou be destroyed and until thou perish quickly because of the wickedness of thy doings whereby thou hast forsaken me. So you're going to be living with frustration, irritation, futility. Nothing is going to work out for you. Verse number 21, the Lord shall make the pestilence cleave unto thee until he hath, consu he hath consumed thee from off the land whither thou goest to possess it. So you'll have incurable diseases, viruses, epidemics, infections, AIDS. Verse number 22, the Lord shall smite thee with a consumption and with a fever and with an inflammation and with an extreme burning and with the sword. That's gang violence. And with blasting and with mildew, and they shall pursue thee until thou perish. These are people are going to begin to die tragic deaths. Verse number twenty-three: and thy and and thy heaven that is over thy head shall be as brass, and the earth that is under thy feet shall be as iron. No prosperity, no blessing, nothing is working. The Lord shall your your prayers are not gonna uh, it's gonna hit the ceiling and never go any further. The Lord shall make make the rain of the land powder and dust from heaven shall it come down upon thee until thou be destroyed. So there's gonna be a drought. This is gonna be a drought of love, a drought of money, a drought in the industry. Things are just gonna dry up. The Lord shall cause thee to be smitten before thine enemies. Thou shalt go out one way against the, them and flee seven ways before them. So this is a reversal of your enemies coming in uh, um, one way and fleeing seven different ways. The Bible said you're going to be de de defeated, dispersed. There's going to be disunity um, at, with no land of your own. It's just gonna, you're just going to be confused. 
and the carcass and thy carcass shall be meat unto the fowls of the air, unto the beast of the earth, and no man shall fray them away. So there's going to be destitution. Verse number 27, the Lord shall smite thee with the botch of Egypt and with the amroids or hemorrhoids. And back in those days, there was no preparation H. So not even the preparation H is going to work. And with scabs and with the itching, so you're going to put cream on, but, you, you know, eczema is going to increase. And, you know, the Bible talks about the uh, botch of Egypt with, with hemorrhoids and the itching wear off. Thou cannot be healed. So there's going to be new strains of viruses and incurable diseases that they're going to try to give, you know, medicine for and therapy for, but nothing's going to help. Verse number 28, the Lord shall smite thee with madness and blindness and astonishment of heart. So, you know, you're going to have anxiety and anxiety attacks, neurosis, psychosis, not you, but people that are disobedient. Let me change my word. Psychosis. You're going to, uh, they're going to suffer from neurological, psychological, nervous malfunctions and breakdowns. Even the young. Verse number 29, thou shall grope at noonday. As the blindness gropeth in darkness, thou shalt not prosper in thy ways. Thou shalt uh, be only oppressed and spoiled evermore, and no man shall save thee. So you, there's, the people are going to have no direction for their life, no vision as to how to get from point A to point B. They're going to be living without support, without hope, without help. Going to be helpless and hopeless and homeless. Verse number 30, thou shalt betroth a wife and another man shall lie with her. So, I mean, the world's going to be filled with infidelity. Isn't that what's happening now? Yeah. Like people are getting married and, you know, uh, men have two and three girlfriends and five girlfriends and... It's a lot of infidelity. Thou shalt build an house and thou shalt not dwell therein. So you'll be able to build your house, but you're not going to be able to afford the mortgage payments until your house forecloses. Thou shalt plant, plant a vineyard and shall not gather the grapes thereof. So you, nothing works out for you. You start businesses and they go belly up and they fail. Thine ox shall be slain before thy eyes. Thou shalt not eat thereof. Thine ass shall be violently taken away before thy face and shall not be restored to thee. The sheep shall be given unto thine enemies. Thou shalt have none to rescue them. You buy vehicles and they will be repossessed. That's what it's saying. Thy sons and thy daughters shall be given to another people. Thine eyes shall look and fail with longings for them all day long. You'll lose your children to gangs. Verse number 33 the fruit of thy land and all thy labor shall a nation which thou knowest not eat up. Thou shalt be only oppressed and crushed away. In other words, made in America will now be made in China, made in Brazil, made in India. So where we had our vehicles and our clothes being made in the USA, where we were able to hire our own, we're going to ship it out and things that we used to make, some other nation is going to be making it and their GDP and GNP is going to increase at our expense. Verse number 34, so thou shalt be mad for the sight of thy eyes, which thou shalt see. In other words, everything is going to, the news, CNN, ABC is just going to turn you crazy. You're going to be upset all the time from watching the news. Number 33, the Lord shall smite thee in the knees and the legs with a sore butch that cannot be healed. This is um, arthritis, the sole of your feet unto the top of your head. So you've got high blood pressure, low blood pressure, arthritis, diabetes. So people are losing their legs and their limbs because of diabetes. They're losing their sight. Verse number 36, the Lord shall bring thee and thy king, which thou hast set over thee unto the nations, which, not, which neither thou nor thy fathers have known. And, thou shalt, and, and there shalt thou serve other gods, woods and stones. So our Christian nations will be overtaken by other faiths. So where we used to have Christian nations like um, in Europe, where the, a lot of European countries used to be Christian nations. Now it's overtaken primarily by other faiths. You go to Europe and all of the churches that used to, uh, you know, have the choirs and used to be Christians, you go there now and they're now storage places, they're now clubs and, you know, the churches are being shut down and used for other things. 
Um, verse number 37, and thou shalt become an astonishment, a proverb, a byword among the nations where the Lord shall lead thee. So other nations are going to scorn you. You're going to be scorned by other nations. 38, thou shalt carry much seed out into the field and shall, and, and shall gather but little in for the locust shall consume it. So you're going to have stock markets that crash. You'll make large investments with no little or no return. Thou shalt plant vineyards and dress them, but shall neither drink of wine, neither gather the grapes, for the worms shall eat them. So the industries are going to be failing. So you industries that used to thrive, you're going to have whole, not just jobs and not just businesses, entire industries are going to begin to collapse. Thou shalt have the olive trees throughout all the coasts, but thou shalt not anoint thyself with oil, for thy olive shall cast shall shall cast a fruit. So there's going to be a great spiritual decline along with ineffective health care. So this is what's happening in the world today. You know, before you used to be able to go to church and get healed. But where, where, where's the anointing for healing? Where's the anointing for deliverance? And now we're talking about health care. All of the health care is failing. Verse number 41, thou shalt beget sons and daughters, but thou shalt not enjoy them, for they shall go into captivity. So you got gang membership, incarceration. 42, all the trees and the fruit of the land shall the locusts consume. 43, the stranger that is within thee shall get up every, uh, shall get up above thee very high and thou shalt come down very low. So you will no longer control the political systems or government. Foreigners will be voted in who will represent their own. I'm going to say it again. So you will have, you will have immigrant pol immigration policies. And these people will stay connected to their original. They're not going to call themselves Americans. They'll, 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 um, they'll maintain their attachment with the country or their, their heritage. And so in the voting process, instead of voting in people that will represent all of us, when they get into um, power, they're only going to represent their people. Are you getting this? All right. So... Uh, verse number 44, he shall lend to thee and thou shalt not lend to him. He shall be the head and thou shalt, uh, shall be the tail. So there's going to be a loss of positions of power and authority. That, that means that there will be no economic clout or networks. So everyone, everyone in, 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 in uh, your network is going to be just like you. Nobody in your network is going to have influence. Nobody in your network is going to have power. No one in your network is going to have a position that would change anything. You're not going to be, be able to get favor from anyone because they themselves don't have favor. Are you getting this? Then it goes through verse number 45, 46, 47, 48, 49, 50, uh, 51, all the way down. It talks about the downturn, the economic downturn, the social cultural downturn, the spiritual downturn. And it's going to affect every area of your life. Drop down to uh, verse number 54 so that. That, so that the man that is tender among you and very delicate, his eyes shall be evil towards his brother and toward the wife of his bosom and towards the remnant of the children which he shall leave. No one is going to be concerned about morality and ethics anymore. There's, no, there's not, there's not going to be such a thing as immoral or unethical. People are just going to do what they want to do. And the laws are going to support it. Verse number 55, verse number 56, it goes on to talk about no more morals. So it, it, anyone could do anything and, and to anybody. And, 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 and we're not going to be able to judge them. You know, uh, what they do in their house against their children. It, it, it's really interesting. Verse number 57. And towards her young one that cometh out between her feet and towards her children which shall bear, for they shall... For she shall eat them for want of all things secretly in the siege of the straightness wherewith thy enemy shall distress thee at the gate. So th that means there's going to be child slavery and human trafficking and people are going to give up their children and sell their children so that their children could sell their bodies so that they can bring money back into the house. And they're going to do it for baby children. And before you think that this is not happening, it is happening. 
And this has been happening for a long time. 30 years ago, I met a, a, a Christian woman that adopted children. And these children were adopted from the mother who was a drug addict. And they came out and they had already introduced the three-year-old to prostitution. So, so in as much as, as they weren't doing adult things to them, they were doing things to them. So once this Christian woman got this little girl, she, her appetite had already been opened because the mother was giving it to, giving this baby child for man to do whatever they want to do for money for drugs, their own baby. This is happening. Verse number 58, if thou will not observe to do all the words of the law that are written in the book, that thou mayest fear this glorious and fearful name, the Lord thy God, then the Lord will make thy plagues wonderful and the plagues of thy seed, even great plagues and, 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 and of long continuous and sore sickness and long continuous. These are incurable diseases. And you keep going on and on and you can see how you don't want to be a part of this. Look at 67. In the morning thou shalt, shalt say, would God it, it were even. And in the evening you would say, would God it were morning. For the fear of thy heart wherewith thou shalt fear. For the sight of the eyes which thou shalt see. You will never be happy and satisfied. And you will be anxious because you'll be able to see the violence outside of your house. And then at night, you'll be so afraid that the violence will be penetrating your door. And the Lord shall bring thee into Egypt again with ships by the way thereof that I spoke. Thou shalt see it no more again. And there ye shall be sold unto your enemies for bondmen and bondwomen. And no man shall buy thee. In other words, here is decisions that we make. And, and, and God is laying before us, look. The blessings, 1 to 14. The curses, 15 to 68. Look at the disproportion. It's disproportionate. There, there is so much more curses. And the blessings will take our lives over the top. But the curses just keeps going on and on and on. Destiny flows from our decisions. You determine your path, but through prayer, God can order your steps. For the steps of the Lord, the steps of the righteous man are ordered by the Lord. Psalm 37, 23, the steps of the righteous man are ordered by the Lord. When your thoughts are synchronized with your potential, you allow God to order your steps. And when you act in accordance with the word of God, then blessings are automatic. Every day you wake up, you're gonna wake up, you're gonna take your life out of neutral. You're gonna consciously understand that it's always convenient to sin. It's always convenient to be disobedient. It's always convenient to keep up with the status quo. But when God calls you, and directs your life. When it gives you instructions. It will temporarily inconvenience everybody. Because people are going to start saying. She thinks she's holier than everybody else. He thinks. They're only saying that. Because they want to seduce you. To compromise your Christian values. But when they say it. Raise the bar higher. Yeah. I'd rather obey God and I'd rather be true to my calling. Why? Because every act of obedience is changing my destiny for the best. And every act of disobedience, it's altering my destiny for the worst. Choose you this day whom you will serve the DNA of destiny. Our Father and our God, we thank you. Even as we bow our heads, we can look at our lives. We can't go backwards to have 
a new beginning, but we can start now to have a new ending. We can't go backwards and fix things, things that we said and did out of ignorance or even immaturity. But right now, Father, we want to make some destiny decisions. We want to move closer and closer to our lives being synchronized and syncopated to your original plan and purpose. So we stop. We ask you to forgive us. The curse causelet shall not come. We're thinking about things that we said in error that is affecting us even today. And there are some things we said we can't even remember. But if there's anything that was said over our lives, things that we spoke in frustration or anger or in defense, and if those things which were said altered our destiny in a negative way, forgive us first. And secondly, Father, we pluck it up and we say it shall not stand, it shall not come to pass. Teach us to number our days that we may apply our heart to wisdom. And today we are choosing. We are choosing life and not death. We are choosing blessings and not cursing. And we thank you for giving us an understanding that we are not victims of circumstances or products of our environment. But we are decision-making beings. We're sentient beings. Our lives can be altered till our best days always lie ahead of us. Forgive us, God. Today, we begin again. We choose you. We choose your word. We choose your standard. And we choose life. In Jesus' name, amen. This has been a production of the Awakening Podcast Network. Jennifer LeClaire is the founder and owner of APN. Our heart is to inspire people and exalt Jesus with every broadcast. We're grateful for our advertisers and supporters that make these podcasts possible.